Hello and welcome to the Family History Show. I'm Clive Glover and with me is Anna Lofts. Hello, Anna. Hello. And we're going to be talking to you about researching your family history. And in these programmes, um, we've already started talking about some of the aspects of it. And Anna's actually got quite keen on this now, I think. So actually she's learning about it and um, getting out and doing stuff. So you, you got really interested. This has sparked your interest, has it, Anna? Yeah, it definitely has, because I would have never thought of researching into my family history prior to doing these programmes. And I actually downloaded the My Heritage app, which is just one of the kind of websites and um, companies, I suppose, you can use to track your family history. And um, if I get up now, there's lots of different things you can do on there. So you can um, sometimes you have to do a free trial, but on the app, you seem to be able to access quite a lot. So like, you can make a family tree, which is what I've been doing, um, which is quite a good visual aid. And you can add, I think, as many people as you want to. Um there's also a like chance to do DNA, um, trying to like submit your DNA and see what comes back. You can um, upload photos and um, you can invite other members, so you can like include your family. There's loads of things you can do. So I know I was getting quite interested in this. Um, definitely, yeah. Okay, because I think one of the other things I I, I think it's my heritage is you can do this that you can actually put on you typically get an old black and white photo probably quite faded and you can actually put it through a system there and it actually turns it into a color picture and I was a bit skeptical that would be very impressive but actually it is Mm. (laughs) so I I got a photo I think someone sent me of a a family group picking apples in Kent in about 1850 something yeah and I I put that through and it comes out with a really nice colored picture and wow that's impressive anyway we're going to be talking about um, websites and, and things Things like that as well today, I think, particularly. Um, obviously, we've mentioned before, the first thing you need to do is talk to relatives and um, get some inf- basic information about your family. And that, you can obviously go back a couple of generations quite easily because you can um, speak to your parents, and your grandparents and that sort of thing and aunts and uncles and uh, the rest. And putting it all together, you've got quite a lot of information to start with. Um, so that's the that's the starting point. And I think as well, naturally, what I've learned is that during the process of kind of researching into your family history and maybe going on these websites or um, going on to these apps, you actually are forced to engage with your family and ask them questions. Because when I was submitting information about my grandparents, date of birth and um, date of marriage, like I had no idea. So I had to ask my family, which I think is quite a um, really positive part of it, how you just kind of create those dialogues and conversations and just naturally. And that's when they go to the, the sort of um, chest of drawers and pull out that album at the bottom of the drawer, which they haven't looked at for 20 years and show you all the photos. That's the that's when you've really cracked it. Yeah, definitely. That's kind of the epitome of it. Anyway, let's look at this. So there's a number of websites. Uh, My Heritage is one we've we've mentioned because we, we've been both using that one. Yes. Um, and it's pretty good. And um, it's got some free facilities. As you said, you can actually draw up your family tree there. And I agree with you. I think I've got about 50 people on my family tree on, on that. And I don't think it's got a limit on it. So that's actually useful. And you obviously put in the basic information about someone, um, their name, their um, date of birth, uh, date of marriage and uh, who they married, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and then it's got scope. You can put in lots and lots more information if you want to over time. Um, and I think that's quite important because obviously as you learn more about people, you want to put in their life story because you don't really want to reduce people 
people um, just to sort of, they were born on this day, got married that day, and then died some other date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, exactly. they, they lived a whole life, you know, and what yeah. did they do? That's what you want to know, isn't it? Definitely. Um, so the other ones, I mean, Ancestry.com is probably, I think it's probably the biggest or best known, and they advertise on television, so they must be quite well off. Um, yeah. But again, but again, they make you sign up to a sort of monthly fee quite quickly. You know, you, you think, oh, this is great. I can go here and look at this record. And when you click on it, it says sign up now for, you know, £29.99 a month or whatever it is. It's quite expensive too, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, so that that's a tricky bit obviously they want to lure you in and then make you sort of join up and pay money to them uh, another one that's quite good is called find my Pass. yes i actually had a look at this as well which is really interesting because um i think you can probably explain them probably a bit more than i can but with uh you, even without doing a free trial you can do research into you can research birth marriage marriage death and parish records census land and surveys churches and religion directories and social history education and work um institutions and organizations military armed forces and conflict travel and migration so there's loads that you can kind of um categorize your research by but i I actually tried to do some research, but it kept on coming up with no results. So I wasn't sure if you've had any success with any of um, sections of Find My Past, Clive. Well, I think that you, you need to put in several details. I mean, if if you put in your, just someone's name, you know someone was called Alice Jones or something, then mm. obviously it's probably not going to find anything, or otherwise it's going to find two million records because it's such a common name. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. so you have to be a bit selective. So from what your family has told you, you would have some ideas like maybe the date of birth of somebody. So you can put that in as well. Or you know they lived in Birmingham or something like that. So you can you can sort of start to filter it. And then you're more likely to get a better result. I think the thing about Find My Past is it's got the, the sort of data you might not really have thought about. Um, things like shipping passenger lists, which is um, much more important than you might imagine because almost nobody these days, you don't really travel by by ship anywhere. But obviously go back 100 or 200 years and that's the main form of transport. Um, and so people went off um, to the colonies, particularly, you know, people travelled from this country and emigrated to Canada, to the US, to Australia, New Zealand, particularly South Africa as well. Um, and all the shipping companies then used to basically produce passenger lists and these were all kept. And so there's, these records exist in a way that, you know, doesn't really happen these days. You you certainly get, you know, your name is on the list for flying an aeroplane, but I don't suppose anybody keeps it. It just gets thrown away after a while, I imagine. Well, I think as well, it's also different now because so much is digitalised and um, a lot of information is kind of indestructible because, indestructible, sorry, because it's online. Whereas um, I feel like it's it's really nice to go back and actually be able to find in-person records. It just kind of brings it all to life a bit more. But I think it'd be very different if you, in a few years, sorry, not in a few years, but in, I don't know, 20, 30 years time, if people are looking back at us now as their relatives, like the way they search would be very different. Okay, well, I think I I disagree with you on one thing. You see, the thing Mm. is that when it was all written down on paper, that paper was kept. Now, obviously, paper doesn't last forever, but if it's kept in a reasonably good condition, it will last a long time. Mm. But all the information now is online electronic. And you're right, obviously, if it's all out there and stored somewhere. Um, but people do 
delete stuff and people do um, not look after it properly or the particular computers it's stored on may, may suddenly have an accident you know a yeah. fire or something yeah so i'm not sure it's quite as, as safe and it, in many ways you know the sort of things you look up or you find about some of your relatives someone might give you a box one day and say these are the letters that your great great grandfather sent to you know your great great grandmother or something like that uh, and you know you can open up this and read the letters those letters won't exist online anywhere because they're not no one's storing all the emails and the texts mm. and the whatsapp messages that's true actually that is very true and like I think online everything's a bit more spread out. Like you can have things on people's phones and also people change phones and they lose photos and then they lose text messages. So maybe it is actually harder to access all of that information in this digitalized society that we do live in. But um, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously some of that is going to be there. You can find stuff, but I mean, I think it's probably uh, an issue which isn't really being um, focused on. Uh, I don't think anyone is consciously storing everything. I mean, the Googles and Facebooks of this world are keeping stuff, but that's for sort of their commercial purposes rather mm. than actually um, for sort of historical interest, I imagine. Um, I was going to say about shipping. It's one of the interesting things. You, you, I don't know if you've heard of this. It was about the 1960s, and the Australian government wanted to attract more people from Europe to come to um, Australia and because they've got plenty of space basically and they particularly wanted people from um england well <laughs> the uk i suppose and ireland who were traditionally the sort of people who'd emigrated to australia in the first place and they set up a, a scheme which is almost impossible to believe now and it was you could go on a ship to australia to emigrate there uh, for 10 pounds for each person now 10 pounds in 1960 would probably be more like i don't know a couple of hundred pound now so it's not quite 10 pounds but it was very yeah. very cheap yeah. and the the australians called these people 10 pound poms was the phrase um and um so thousands and thousands probably hundreds of thousands of people did emigrate in the 60s and early 70s to australia and uh, that was, you know, obviously you find lots of people in your family who may well done that. Uh, and it's why I found I've got Australian relatives I have no idea about, but I've sort of come across people and think, ooh, why have I got these Australian relatives? What's so interesting as well about finding out your family history and what you've said just, just reminded me of this, that like you, it kind of, it all has an historical foundations and a basis. So you're naturally kind of learning about the past and past events and, the history that your family was directly involved in by searching for the records, if you see what I mean? Well, yes. And I think the other thing is, you know, we mentioned military records and you might think, oh, that's a bit odd. But obviously during the last hundred years, there's been a number of very big um, conflicts and obviously the two world wars in the 20th century. Um, and those did drag in lots and lots of people, um, obviously people who were called up to be in the military and mainly men, but also plenty of women um, actually in the forces in the Second World War, particularly. Um, and so those records were all kept very meticulously and um, including uh, if you go to the I think it's the Imperial War Museum, they've mm -hmm. got access there um, to war records for each regiment and things like that. You find out uh, that you're relative was in the army or in the, the navy or something um, and you can find the records it's, they have individual records for everybody um, obviously sometimes including records where they ha wrote back to relatives um, to say that someone had been killed in the war for example which are obviously quite poignant things to read yes definitely 
And that is another way that you can try and access your family history. I suppose you could get in touch with museums if you wanted to. I mean, they might, I don't know if they would help, but it is a good place to start seeing they usually have a lot of records that they have hold of. Um, I don't know if, have you ever heard of anyone doing that, Clive? Well, I think, you know, it depends on what you find and then you can sort of be clever and go and follow it up. Um, if you have a military records, for example, you find out about um, someone was in this particular battle, you'll probably almost certainly be able to find a sort of account of the battle. Mm. And I know my sister found in our family, there was an account of a battle which um, she knew one of our relatives was in and in fact she found a little bit where he was actually mentioned by you know he was involved in some particular element of that battle Mm. Um, so these sort of things can come out and obviously you say oh wow you know that was that was him there Um, and I don't know probably for school you've visited the um, uh, World War One battlegrounds in Belgium or something yes I have yeah yeah I think most schools do that and that's obviously something which um, is a very profound shock, I think, to you and everybody else when mm. you go there, just to think, how on earth did they survive in these sort of locations? Well, the thing is, I think, like I'm doing now, and I think you've really helped me see this, is it's important to engage younger people into the process of researching into the past and really becoming interested in their family history, because I feel like it is something that older people tend to do more rather than a young person. Um, but I think it's important to definitely engage engage us because I'm I'm becoming way more engaged than I was before prior to this. Oh, it's all my fault. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's a good thing. <laughs> well, I mean, but, but as we said at the beginning in the first program, obviously, um, if you wait till you're forty or fifty to start doing this, then you've lost the chance to speak to many of your older relatives, and that is an important element of this. Yes, of course. Actually, that's that's crucial. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, look, so I think we've covered this little element of things here. The um, mm. online is good. Online has got loads and loads of things that you can find, but you've got to really have an idea of what it is you're looking for. If you just go on, you'll be overwhelmed by the fact there's 200 databases you can go to or whatever. Um, so you've got to have a, an idea and you s- sort of focus on what it is you're looking for. And it's particular people or particular events or um, historical things you know they're involved in. So that's um, obviously a, a good I hope that's a good tip. And uh, Definitely. In our next programme, we're going to talk about some of the other ways you can find out information. And uh, so do, do join us next week. So thank you for listening to this programme, The Family History Show, here on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. And don't forget to listen again same time next week when we'll be back to talk about some other aspect of collecting your family history. Hello and welcome to the Family History Show here on Radio Verulam with me, Clive Glover, and with Anna. Hello, Anna. Hi, Clive. And uh, this time we're going to talk about some of the other things that you can do to find out the important details you want for your family history that you're compiling. Um, We've spoken about some of the online things in the last programme, and obviously that's useful, but you do need to know what it is you're really looking for because otherwise you'll be completely overwhelmed by how much information there is. But if you've got some very specific information and you, you know what you're looking for, um, then it is possible to do other ways of doing things. And in particular, the sort of records you find easily are the records of someone's name, obviously, and date of birth, and possibly when the, the date of they died as well, and possibly they got married in somewhere in particular. And often people lived in the same area for their whole life, so it's all in one particular parish, say. 
and possibly with one particular church. So that church is therefore something that you might find as an interesting place to find out about and probably go and visit. Um, and in, in certain cases, you may find that obviously lots of your relatives actually live in the same place over the years, because although people did travel widely, uh, many people did sort of come back to where they, they were born and so on. And you may well find, uh, as in fact in my family, uh, we found there's a little village in Essex where loads and loads of people for generations all lived in the same village. So going to that church and um, looking at their records to confirm the details we got was something we could do quite easily um, because we just knew that half the people in the graveyard were basically family. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only, only exaggerating slightly. Yeah, um, only slightly. Yeah. Um, so the thing is that over the years, obviously the Church of England's existed, I think, from about 15-something, I can't remember, 1530-something. That sounds when, about right. When, of course, Henry VIII invented the Church of England because he got annoyed the Pope wouldn't let him divorce his wife. Mm. Um, and so from that time the records have been kept in the Church of England churches uh, and the Catholic Church I'm sure continued doing that as well at the same time but obviously there's times when the Catholic churches had to hide their records and so on because um, of the disputes between them and the, the Protestants um, which was all those wars and things for a while um, but the records do exist in this country in many places going back for hundreds of years because of that and it's unusual many other countries around the world have had sort of wars and, and uh, other things earthquakes and fires and so the records are lost so um it's possible that these churches you know including local ones of course around st albans the churches here have been a thousand years or more um they will have records and they've probably got actual records which are books going back for hundreds of years and obviously they hopefully look after them very well and you may or may not be able to see the original documents i don't know and the thing you is about um churches it's really good because you definitely know that they're very likely to have something on your family members because if you can pin down the area that your family members lived in then you can go to that church in the same area and hopefully you won't be clutching at straws there will be something there that you want to know and that will help you and you'll find interesting so I think it is actually a really good place to start but not always somewhere that you'd think about going to because it's easier in a way to go, to go online and to try and go and um, use one of these websites that we mentioned in our previous episode but I think actually going to a church could be quite a clever thing to do. I think the thing probably is that it's a church where you know some of your relatives have been buried and you can obviously just go and look in the graveyard and, and confirm that yeah. and after that you might want to speak to the, the church and do it. I think I would put a little bit of caution into this because obviously um, the, the vicars and ministers in churches are very busy people um, and you can't just turn up there and say can I have a look at your books please and particularly the ones from you know 1623. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's it's important to do a bit of preparation and certainly you need to contact the church in advance and make an appointment definitely and, um and yeah. just confirm i mean obviously they may say oh unfortunately we had a fire 300 years ago and that, all those records were destroyed um but obviously if they say well we have got those and we could access them it may be that what they would do is go and look in them for you and give you the information from it rather than let you see it because obviously they're going to be precious things which they, they may do um, I, I don't know I haven't done this for a long time myself so I don't really know but I think it's something which 
um, I'm sure the records are there. It will be fantastic to be able to access them sometimes, but you do need to be a bit sort of careful and, mm. and obviously considerate about this. I um, think they would be happy to help you, definitely. But yeah, I think just as you say, definitely be prepared and ring up in advance so they have prior warning because obviously it's very time-consuming things to find those um, documents and pieces of information <laughs> yeah. yeah now of course some of these records may not be in the church they may be in somewhere else in archives and um we did mention this before um places like i mean hertfordshire has been around for a few hundred years as well and hertfordshire archives have got records from all so- sorts of places over the the um county over those hundreds of years and it's probably a place to start with that but again you need to actually make an appointment um, if you want to go to the archives which is in hartford um part of county hall which is the county Hertfordshire county council headquarters on top of a hill in hartford um and they've got records and, and links to everything and probably they might have some of the church records as well i just don't know um but these are the sort of places you you should um aim to go to to talk to people about the records you're looking for yeah because especially with the Hertfordshire archives because they're actually there for that purpose of people going to ask them for information so I think definitely utilize them if you can yeah now obviously if your family has for example lived in St Albans or somewhere else for a long time that's great because you can probably then find out lots of information about that but typically um, people living in this part of the country um, a lot of people were basically moved to Hertfordshire after the Second World War because London was obviously very badly damaged by bombing yeah. and they had to build up new new areas and um, many of the towns in Hertfordshire like um, Hemel Hempstead like Hatfield uh, parts of um, round St Albans like London Colney were all built up in the 50s and 60s and 70s and people were moved out from London so um, the families obviously lived in Hertfordshire maybe a couple of generations but probably before that they were in London or you know Kent or somewhere else um, so there was a huge number of people who moved as a result of the the impact of the war um, and the whole country changing where people lived so you probably can't go back too far in that but no. you don't know my family largely came from Essex so we, we know where they were and there's an yeah. Essex County County Library in um, Chelmsford which is the equivalent of the one at Hertfordshire yeah I'm not actually sure where I mean it's difficult because some members of my family are born in Canada or in America so I'm not sure if I would actually have that many records of them in the UK but then that's on my dad's side and then my mum's side is more UK based so I'm not sure what I'd find, but it'd be interesting to find, try and work something out. I'm sure in Canada you'll find the same sorts of records because obviously that was um, very much connected to the UK and um, so they probably yeah. carried on the same traditions. And you obviously so, that yeah. goes back for... Um, how many how many years is it since Canada was originally sort of settled? I suppose probably 400 years now, perhaps. Yeah. Um, actually perhaps not quite that many I'm not sure I'm just thinking the US was uh, 200 and something years old recently um, and that was 1776 wasn't it well I obviously the the, um, various European country people from us and French and others all moved into North America when it was discovered Mm. um, which was uh, obviously um, 16 1656 is something like that 1646 i think it was um and then obviously as people settled that was more in the the 18th century um and then obviously canada was formed um 
again, I'm not quite sure when. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> the USA, I know, because I was there when they had celebrated their 200th birthday. Um, <laughs> and um, But, I mean, the records for the last couple of hundred years is obviously something which would be um, possible to find. I'm sure mm-hmm. they'll all be online in Canada or, or um, in the US too. But the US is a bit different because they're, they're not very good at centralised records. You'll find they'll probably have really good records in some little town somewhere, and then all the other towns nearby haven't because it's been very fragmented they were all individual states rather than the the united states yeah that's the thing it would vary from state to state so you kind of could be unlucky with one area having records and one area not having them so it's it'll be difficult but i think in the uk do you know if most um large areas have like a local library or not not local library sorry but local records like the Hertfordshire archives I think they do because it's the historic counties. When the counties were set up, um, which I, I'm not sure um, how far they go back either, but some of them go back a lot further than others. Mm. You know, there's been somewhere called Yorkshire for uh, hundreds of years. Um, and so many of them do have records going back for a long time. But, of course, they're not so um, probably not so uh, extensive as further you go back. Um, but I mean, uh, at some point, probably the peasants weren't considered important enough to take notes of them. This sort of thing. Um, yeah, that was very true. I, I mean, you know, you, you'll find that it was just the nobility who had all the records and things mm. kept. Yeah. So um, there are obviously gaps. However, um, you know, how far back you can go with your family history is an issue, which is perhaps something we haven't got time to speak about now. But um, realistically, you can probably go back two or three hundred years without too much trouble. Beyond that, it does get quite problematic because um, the records are a bit scant and also other, other things, you know, you, you won't be able to track people down. Yeah, I think I was just thinking as well, like now, even no matter how far back you go, like it's still going to be of interest. And I think doing this whole process, it would it would just be such an amazing thing to be able to pass down to different generations and for them to have a record of the whole of the generations above them. I just we can talk about this more in the final episode, but I was just thinking and as a project as a whole, it would be an amazing thing to kind of establish and put together. Well, yes, indeed. And I think one of the things we need to talk about in future is also what, when you've got all this information, how do you put it together? We did mm. talk uh, last time about the um, family trees you can draw on online uh, systems. Yeah. And they are very helpful because it, it, you start visualising this thing, you know, oh, they're related to that person and they're related to them and they're their they're cousin or their sister and whatever. And it's, you start working out. I can never get the terminology right because you have cousins three times removed. And I, I think never quite work out what that means. It can get quite complicated. <laughs> But the beauty of this as well is you can just work at it little by little. You don't have to be doing it all at once. Like you can one weekend, you can visit the Hearts um, archives or you can work on the family tree and you can just do it little by little. It's not, it doesn't have to be something that's overwhelming. It can just be something that you're doing on the side because obviously people live busy lives. So it don't, I feel like to anyone who's listening, don't feel like it's inaccessible to you or like it's too much because you can just take it at whatever pace you want to. No, I'm sorry. What I've done is actually um, drop on people for the whole rest of their life a hobby which they can just keep coming back to. Yeah. (laughs) They're going to feel burdened with it. No, I'm only joking. Well, imagine if you find there's a family portrait and then you find out it was done in a photographer's in St Albans in 1873. And you could then find out that the archives from that particular company that made the photographs are in the archives. And you could go back and look and maybe find all sorts of photos from your family, for example. 
Yeah, that's the thing. Like it can one thing can lead you to like a big discovery kind of thing. I think that's why programs um are made on this subject, like Long Lost Family or there was an Anton Deck program about it and they were finding out about their family history like it's a massive journey it's really exciting as well like the more you I feel like the more you know the more you want to know and it spurs you on and it's a bit of kind of a chain reaction as you go along like one thing leads to the other well yes and the other one is the who do you think you are the BBC program where they go through celebrities and find out their sort of family history which is often interesting I just don't know how many of celebrities they've started doing that work on think no it's boring there's nothing interesting yeah I know because it has to be entertaining (laughs) as it's a tv program well you hope so yes um they've certainly come up with some interesting things there but I mean the reality is all of us come from sort of peasant farming families originally um because that's what most people did they were sort of self-sufficient in their village or whatever Mm. and um so you know it's um it's interesting to follow that back and see how your family's progressed. And obviously some families were very rich and then actually lost all their money. Um, certainly one of my relatives seemed to own an awful big chunk of Cambridgeshire. And I was quite impressed if I could prove that perhaps we own Cambridge, you know. <laughs> yeah, just a nice thought. Well, obviously I think some people do think, oh, somewhere or other I'm related to royalty or some sort of super rich family and who I could you know, suddenly knock on their door one day and say, do you realise I'm your long-lost 46th cousin? I think that's what can kind of entice people to do this kind of thing because they might think, I'm going to make this big discovery that's going to change my life. I don't think there's any big pots of money lying around waiting for people to claim them. No, I know. Oh, people can wish. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, okay, I think, uh, well, Anna, that's interesting. Again, we've been talking about um, some other aspects of searching your family history. I hope we've encouraged you to um, think about it. If, you're not, if you've ever wondered, mm, am I interested in doing this? Is it something that I could do? The answer is yes, you can. And we hope we've given you some hints on how to go about it. Exactly, so, uh, yes. Yes. So think about that. And thank you for listening to the programme. This has been the Family History Show here on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM with me, Clive, and with Anna. And we'll be back next week at the same time and we'll tell you some more things to do.